0: This morning, I'm really excited to have uh, Jim May here. Jim, you can come on up here if you want. Jim, you know, has been part of our church for a while now, and uh, Jim was a pastor here in uh, Denver for quite a while. Still pastors people uh, online, all sorts of different ways. In fact, um, Jim has a, a blog And I subscribe to the blog, and it's really good. So we'll put Jim's email address up there on the screen, right? So if you email Jim, then you'll tell them how they can get your blog, right? Yeah, I'll put them on. Okay, up. and you can, and Jim's also written several books. Yeah. Uh, when, we, when we went out to lunch a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, he said, yeah, I've been sitting around in quarantine. I wrote three books. I'd love to talk about them. And I said, well, that's great. So uh, anyway, we're grateful for Jim. Let me say thanks for you, and then you uh, preach away, okay. okay? All right, so Father, I thank you for Jim. I thank you, Lord, for his heart. I thank you for the joy that you've put in Jim That's uh, I know come through years and years of walking with you. I pray that you would open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us uh, through Jim, Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I, I've been wifeless for a week, and she's going to be gone another week, and she's probably watching this in Wisconsin. Hi, Reenie, it's Jim. I've been watering the flowers. <laughs> and I didn't water the silk flowers this time and, in, and ruin the end table. Uh, the, the purple ones seem to be doing well, but the, but the yellow ones are drooping. So I don't know what to do. Anyway, miss you. And I, I want to, this morning, Talk to you about a great trap in our relationship with the Lord. And now you're gonna to have to put your thinking cap on for this one. We gotta put that first one up there. I can't see. Is that Einstein? No, it's John 17. No, no, you want Einstein. There's Einstein. Okay. Now I, I didn't do this to try and impress you that I understand Einstein but I do understand this, and it is a tremendous trap. The perfection of the means and the confusion of the goal is the characteristic of our age. The perfection of the means and the confusion of the goal is the the confusion, confusion of the goal is the characteristic of our age. What do you mean by that? C.S. Lewis put it this way, there have been men before now who got so interested in proving the existence of God that they came to care nothing for God himself, as if God had nothing to do but exist. There have been some who were so occupied in spreading Christianity that they never gave a thought to Christ. I, I... I've done that in my witnessing sometimes. You see it in smaller matters. Did you ever know a lover of books that with all of his first editions and signed copies had lost the power to read them? Or an organizer of charities that had lost all love for the poor? It is the subtlest of all snares. And Paul said, you know, we can get wrapped up in the, shadows and miss the substance Uh, when i was pastoring still am but uh, we had a tendency to perfect a program and not ask why we're doing it you know a program would come in from a very successful church somewhere in the country and they'd send all the materials and we never asked why are we doing this what's What's the end game? The goal is not to pray. It's to talk to Jesus and listen. The goal is not to read the Word, but to get to know Him. Are are you with me here? Um, I would have loved to have been one of those guys on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus comes up beside him and says... What are you guys talking about well we can't figure it out what happened and he said don't you understand and then it says then beginning with moses and all the prophets he interpreted to them the things about himself in all of the scriptures it's about him i love peter's book on revelation uh, we've been trying to decipher that, Peter. Uh, <laughs> but, but the theme is, people do not look at the title of the book of Revelation. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we, may, we make it the revelation of the end times. Well, man... I don't know anything about that. I was trained under Hal Lindsey at UCLA who wrote The Late Great Planet Earth uh, when I was in Campus Crusade. And he had one view, he's still doing it on radio or TV, I think. Uh, I think I've been through seven antichrists in my lifetime, that's the joy of living long. Uh, <laughs> And then there was the guy, the, the NASA scientist that wrote a book, 89 Reasons Why Jesus Is Coming in 89. And so when it didn't happen, he wrote, of course he sold a lot of books and made millions. And When it didn't happen in 89, he wrote a book called 90 Reasons Why He's Coming Back in 90. And I think after that, he, he gave up. We, we can't. We can, we're like those two guys on the road What's this all about? And he says, It's about me. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. The goal is not to read about walking through the wardrobe in C.S. Lewis's Narnia, it's to walk through the wardrobe. Am I making sense here? And, and and people get together and say, man, I read the Chronicles of Narnia. It was great. Well, did you walk through the wardrobe? No, I thought that was later. <laughs> uh, Pascal says the goal is not getting ready to live, but live. Living. He says the past and the presence are our means. Remember the... the um, I'm losing it. Man, 79. What it says? Perfection of the means. He says the past and the present are our means. The future alone is our end. So we never live. But we hope to live. And as we are always preparing to be happy, it is inevitable that we should never be so. We're always preparing to be happy. And we miss the now. Now, it happens in real small matters. One day, my computer was, you know, garbage. And I'm not a computer guy, but I worked three or four hours to get this thing fixed. And I was so excited that it was fixed. And I forgot to write. The goal was to write, not get my computer fixed but I ended right there so what's the goal of our father for creating us and saving us the goal of the cross is not salvation just salvation and the goal of salvation is not just to get us to heaven Heaven's just a pretty place. We have one of our daughters married a Kiwi. Yeah, it's a New Zealander. And she's down there. And it's a pretty place. And people say, Have you been to New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah, we have. And we wouldn't go though if Melody and Alan weren't there. It may be a pretty place. I'm I mean Go to heaven, just it's a pretty place without all the great cloud of witnesses. I am so excited about seeing my buddies that I've never met Malcolm Muggeridge and G.K. Chesterton and C.S. Lewis and all these guys that have helped me out. And uh, what, what, does the, what is the Father's end game in all of this? Let's go with uh, John 17, 24. He prayed the end game. What's it say? Father, I desire that those whom you have given me be with me where I am. Did I get the whole thing there? Yeah. So the end game is to be with him. For so many years as a Christian, I thought it was to do things for him. And there's a huge difference between doing things with him and doing things for him. Doing things for him was like my dad telling me in the morning what I'm supposed to be doing, and then he comes home at night from work, and he gives me his grade. And usually it was C-minus. The, the uh, lawnmower would be out there on this really steep slope, and it wouldn't be done. What happened to Jimmy today? How come the yard isn't done? And I, I transferred that to my time with the Lord. You're, you have a quiet time in the morning, and then you find out what the orders are, and then you go do them the best you can. And my grade is usually C-minus. And Jesus wants us with him, not doing things for him. Uh, Here's another one, John 14, 2 and 3. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and what? Take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. The end game is with him. He loves it. It's like uh, uh, renee or uh, our friend down in Alabama at Christmas time what, what As mothers, what is their number one desire? It's to have the family around them. Now they'll fix a fantastic meal and all of that, but the main thing is to have those kids and grandkids and sometimes great grandkids sitting there with them. They're just, it's just heaven. So what... Salvation and the cross are to get us back, or get the family back for Father. He wants His Father home. <laughs> and so he, he throws a party. And, you know, Peter read, read a thing from the Holy Spirit last week that was really cool and the takeaway for me was sit with me just sit with me do you really believe that that would bring joy to the heart of our father just sitting with him the goal is not to attend the marriage supper of the lamb but to be with him and his family around the table. You know, I, uh, I came to this, this verse um, at the beginning of the parable about going out and getting the by- highways and byways and inviting everybody in. You know what that starts with? Come, for all is now ready. And I was looking at that, and I thought, come for all is now ready. I'm, I'm getting used to noticing the is's and the now's. The is's and the now's. There is now what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Is and now. Come for all is now, is now ready. And I'm sitting at my desk, and the phone's ringing and stuff like that. I was doing normal things. I said, okay, Lord, this says uh, it's all ready. I'm coming. I'm coming right here at my desk in West Denver, and I'm following what it says here. I was literally taken to heaven, sitting at my desk. I didn't levitate, but I was there. And you know what I saw? I saw this huge banquet, and there were millions of people there. And yet, we could still have intimacy. I don't know how that worked. And there was this atmosphere of truth that permeated the whole thing, and if somebody said something off base, it just dissolved in the air. Because truth dominates the fellowship of the believers. Father was at one end, Jesus was at the other end, the Holy Spirit was serving us. It was, it was marvelous. And at one point I turned to a guy next to me, I, I don't know who it was, but I said, you know, I'd like to talk to Moses and Paul. And he leaned over and said to me, you guys may think I'm crazy, but he leaned over and said to me, well, they'd like to talk to you too. I said, really? Me? Little Jimmy May from Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. So we all have something to contribute to this. So, when, I first, when the gospel was first presented to me, I was the center. You know, the four laws we learned in Campus Crusade. At the end there, it's, let's see, uh, God has a wonderful plan for you. Jesus is the only way. Uh, I, I don't even remember all four of them. But at the end, we drew these two circles and and we had a throne in the middle of the circle and on this throne over here we had ego and on this throne over here we had jesus and on this one with ego we said uh what were some of the depression defeat darkness meaningless and hell bad news so Then we took him over this other circle, and we put Jesus in the middle, and it was love, joy, peace, patience, and heaven. And then, just like a good salesman, I said, well, which circle do you want to be in? Duh. The big Ds, defeat, discouragement, depression, or over here. So, pray this prayer, and you'll be over here now the problem with that is that i started out the christian life with me at the center it's it's what do i get out of this but it was a long time before i asked what does the lord get out of this you know when we get off center like that everything flies apart There's an old, we have a guy, one of our guys uh, was an expert on fixing spinning things that were off-center, turbines and turbines, things like that. And at one point they had this experiment, I think you can see it on YouTube, where they threw a dead bird, I emphasize the bird was already dead, into a jet engine. And the whole thing exploded. That bird hit one of those, uh, what is it? Yeah, and knocked it off center. And then it knocked everything else off center, and the whole thing blew up. And then, you know, they were saying here's how flying into birds can make a plane come down because it was off center. And if everything relates to us, we're off-center. What do I get out of this? The trouble with that is if you start with you at the center and then bad, something bad happens, and you say to God, man, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, I, I signed up for love, joy, peace, patience and heaven, and no problems. So off-center, everything flies apart. You know. Admiral Richard Byrd discovered or was exploring the South Pole and one time he had this little hut and he had dug out this trough in, in front of his door every morning. It got deeper and deeper in the snow. And one time he was out doing some calculations and he got in a whiteout. Couldn't see where he was going. And he knew that if he continued in a whiteout, he would get lost and die. And so he knew he had to have a point of reference. So he, he sunk his ice axe into the snow. It had a bunch of flags on it and stuff so he could see it. And he began to walk around it in concentric circles, always keeping the ice axe in view. And eventually he stumbled into that little trough In front of his, uh, or in front of the hut. And a point of reference saved his life. So we need a point of reference. Listen to the sadness of our Father in these words For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you would not. That's sad. He doesn't have his family around him. And he lets us go, just like the prodigal. Or this one, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. That's sad. That's the sadness of our Father. He loves to have us with Him. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if you read uh, Jesus Calling. Uh, I kind of like it. And a couple of days ago it said this. This is uh, Jesus speaking to... Whoop! What did I do? How's that? (laughs) Uh, It's Jesus speaking to the reader, and Jesus says, in this action-addicted world, few are my children who take time to sit quietly in my presence. But for those who do, Blessings flow like streams of living water. I, the one from whom all blessings flow, am also blessed by our time together. He's blessed by our time together. This is a deep mystery. Do not try to fathom it. Instead, glorify me by delighting in me. Enjoy me now and forever. Years ago, uh, I got up on a Sunday morning and I was supposed to give the message and I had nothing. I've been striving all week to get something really good, to look good, you know, deep. (laughs) I wanted to be deep. And so I got up really early on Sunday morning. I turned on all the lights at the dining room table, got all my books out. And Marlene, our number two, came in and sat down beside me. Now, I'm, I'm panicked to get something, you know. And Marlene sits down. She doesn't look up because the lights are too bright. And I said, hi, Marlene. I said, hi, Daddy. Uh, you want to do something? Nope. Uh, You want a color? Nope. You want some cereal? This was... Nope. And then I tried the thing that works every time. You want to go in and sleep with mommy? Nope. Now I'm really getting frustrated, you know. I do not have a message. And she's messing up my time with the Lord. So I said, Marlene, what do you want to do? And she said, Daddy, I want to do what you're doing. And I had my message. Jesus said, I only do those things that I see my Father doing. He speaks his words, he does what his Father is doing, and they do it together. So, have you gone through the wardrobe yet? (laughs) I've been going through the wardrobe in these—I don't know how many ever months it is—as well as writing some. Uh, So, my picture—you had a—you had a close picture to mine. You were on the beach, right? Uh, When I go through the wardrobe, I go out to the deck on this beautiful mountain in this on this beautiful mountain home and jesus is sitting there i'm not sure what he's drinking but there's some drinks on the thing and i sit over here you know if i'm at if i'm at the uh in jesus and he's at the father's right hand then that means the father is on my left right and jesus is over here so i've just been sitting there and listening and I said, Lord, what's this what's this COVID thing all about anyway? The first thing he told me was <laughs> it's a timeout. I I have prepared this to eliminate some distractions and to get you to get quiet. You know, my, uh, I love sports, and I'm getting used to not having them. The distractions. Who, who wrote the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim? That is absolutely true. I'm going to talk to that guy up there in the banquet, too. Boy, he got it right. And the Lord said, don't waste this time. Don't waste this time. Be with me. Then the second thing he told me it was about was discipline. You know, the wrath of God in Romans 1 is simply turning us over to ourselves. He's not standing there with a, a big bat like whack-a-mole and hitting everybody that sins. Uh, is this, are, are we Okay. Okay, Um, but it's a time, uh, he's turned us over to ourselves so that we can see the end of that. My child, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord or lose heart when you're punished by him, for the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and chastises every child whom he accepts. It hurts the Father's heart to have to turn this over to ourselves. The third thing He told me was this is for exposure. Isn't it true that hearts are being exposed? You know, where people are coming from is getting more and more clear. Uh, There's a verse in the middle of 1 Corinthians that seems like it shouldn't be there, because the whole book is talking about unity, and then all of a sudden this crops up. Indeed, there have to be factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you is genuine. We need factions so we can discern the genuine and the false. And then something Peter mentioned to him, this is number four that I heard from the Lord, uh, he's put us out of control, so we can trust Him. You can't control this thing. And neither can any politician. And neither can any person. There is no person on the face of the earth that control this thing. And when we try to lean on our own understanding, and we don't go until we get it, it's a distraction. You don't have to to understand to trust. Trust in the Lord, what? With all your heart. And what? Do not lean on your own understanding. That'll tie you in knots. It's tied me in knots many times. And then he gave me the parable of the masks. I hate these masks. I want to see your smiles. I want to see your, I can see your sparkly eyes, but I don't know what you're doing under, underneath, you know. <laughs> I've run into some mask sheriffs around. And then when I walk in the park, I can't wear a mask because I can't breathe through it. And people go 50 yards out of my path to avoid me. I don't know, different people react different ways. But the Lord was telling me, like the masks bug you, Jim, the masks bug me. When you come with a mask on, you're not who you are. You're not transparent. He wants honest communication. This is a world of illusions. Have you ever noticed? I turned on the Rockies this week, because ringy was gone and I was getting bored, and they've got piped-in crowd noise. It's, it's an illusion. Guy hits a home run, they turn the crowd noise up. Yippee! or all the sitcoms with the fake laughter. It's an illusion. News is fake, and then I watched a documentary on fake documentaries. Uh, and even the fact check sites are suspect. And statistics can be manipulated. It's, it's an illusion out there. So it's a real a real gift to be able to come to our lord who is truth and just listen and that's the end game that's the end game this week you know you all know this verse the joy of the lord is our strength and and being self-centered i I have this picture of the Lord going to a joy fountain and filling up a cup and handing it to me, and I drink joy. No, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So what the Lord gets joy out of is strengthening us. I have been through two knees, and people say, in the park, how are you? And I I say, well, parts of me are okay, but there's other parts that need a lot of work. I've had two knee replacements, a torn tendon. I've been in rehab a lot, six bypasses in my heart. And so uh, I have a lot of time to sit. And I I got on Andre Ryu, Anybody know Andre Rieu? Andre Rieu is a violin player who's, he's a tall drink of water. He just looks the part, you know. He looks like Johann Strauss. And he's got this orchestra, and the music of Andre Rieu was healing me in rehab. Nothing else was turning me on. The TV was on in there and it was just boring. Everything's boring on TV these days. But you know, they did such a good job of of producing the concerts that he gives. But they focus a lot on the reaction of the crowd. And you 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 see he he plays classical music, and people get up and dance in the aisles. Look him up. I mean, you'll love Andre you? And he, he produces joy in people, and that's what I get joy out of. I love to see the reaction of those people. The joy of the Lord. What, what does he get joy out of? That's what gives me strength. To see the Lord smile will give you strength. (laughs) It's kind of like, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? (laughs) Now the neat thing is, We don't have to go on a 2001 Space Odyssey trip to get to the right hand of the Father. We're already there. Father's here, Jesus is here, and the Holy Spirit's bringing us drinks. (laughs) Oh, this is so good. Uh, You don't have to make it happen. You're there, it's faith. And I, I think it's faith with imagination. Uh, and it's true, no matter what our mood is, no matter what's going on, we're still there, and there's nothing you can do to change it, so you might as well believe it. Come, for all is now ready. And the door, the door through the wardrobe is thanks. The door through the wardrobe is thanks. Come before His presence with what? Thanksgiving. That opens the door. Now you're going into the wardrobe. And we're going to, we're going to take communion here in a second. What's the end game of that? What's the end game here? Sorry. This is my body, broken for you. Do this why? To remember him. So I want to just take a minute as, as I break the bread and pour the wine and, and Peter told you, you can get out of your seat and pick one of these up and take it back to your seat, take your mask off and partake. But just while, while I'm preparing this, I want us to be quiet and I want you to remember him. Remember. Remember how he's taken care of you, even in the bad times. Remember those miracles that you can't doubt. Years ago, I did some rototilling and was taking uh, the rototiller back. And we had this old van, and Marlene, who was about four years old, was hanging on the door over there. This was in the days when we didn't even know what seat belts, how to spell it. And she was hanging on the door, and I was making a left turn across three lanes, and I, I thought I could make it. There was this 18-wheeler coming at me. And I went around that corner, and the door flew open. And Marlene was hanging over the pavement with her arms, like, uh, hold it. And this, uh, this was a curved thing. It's hard to hang on to. And, you know, in five seconds, I, I thought, she's going to be a mangled mess. How am I going to tell Rini that I killed our daughter? Oh. And I... The only thing I could do was to keep going because that truck was going to hit us. And I kept going, then I pulled off after I turned and just tried to catch my breath. And Marlene said, Daddy, someone held my hands on the door. Now, I don't have very many miracles in my life. But when I think about remembering him, I remember remember him saving our daughter that day. So think, think of these times that you've heard a word from the Lord or just remember how he's taken care of you over your life. And then we're going to partake of communion. So just be silent and I'll prepare this. took the bread and he broke it This is my body given for you Do this in remembrance of me And after supper he took the cup He said, this is my blood shed for you and for many. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So feel free to come and partake. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you love to have us with you. And even so much so that it's as you dance, that we're there, you throw a party. Help us, Lord, to walk with you in the quiet times and in the busy times. And thank you that you love us, And you did all of this just to have us with you. In Jesus' name, amen.